0: And so cool to see the 4th and 5th graders were supporting their fellow, Sophie. So thank you guys for staying in and supporting. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so who in here is traveling for Thanksgiving? Who's going out of town? Who's who's traveling? Okay, some of you. All right, who is having family from out of town come in? Okay, okay. Who is doing neither one of those? Praise the Lord, right? You guys guys are excited about that. It is a time to to be thankful, but it can be a stressful time as there are lots of things uh, going on. And so I want to pray for us this morning from Psalm 100, a, a psalm of thankfulness. So if you would pray with me, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs, know that the Lord is God. Thank you for your faithfulness. We have so much to be thankful for as people living in World Golf Village. We have so many blessings in our lives. I know some people in here this morning are not feeling particularly blessed. They're feeling like they're struggling. They're feeling like they're stressed. Lord, I pray you meet them exactly where they're at. They will remember the blessings that they have in you. Lord, for for others that are feeling thankful that you would just increase that joy. As people are traveling, you'd have your hand over them. As people are coming into town and the things that that brings with, with, uh, with people coming, that you would you'd meet them exactly where they're at. Lord, I pray as we open your word this morning that we would be inspired by it, that we would learn from it, and that we would live by it. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been uh, learning the last week and in this whole series about what it means to to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus. We talk about that word disciple. Sometimes that can be a little intimidating, that word disciple. Uh, But what we believe it means is something as simple as this, that a disciple is a follower of Jesus who loves Jesus, who loves one another, and who loves the lost. And Part of the reason you're here gathering as a congregation is to love Jesus better. This is where you get supercharged. You know you have those cell phone chargers that charge your phone super quick? That's what it's like coming to church. You certainly don't have to come to church to be a follower of Christ. But the best way to be charged up in the Spirit is gathering together in community on Sunday morning where we can encourage one another. And when you're encouraging one another, when you're serving, it makes a difference. And so thank you for what you do. Thank you for being a part of the community together. We need each other, right, to be able to grow and to be able to worship God. And that's why we're here. And then we want to love uh, one another. Do you know 59 times in the New Testament there's one another statements? To care for one another, to encourage one another, to lift one another up. And it can all be summarized in love one another. And so that's what we're called to do as brothers and sisters in Christ, to love one another. And you could do that great in small group, and it's awesome seeing the Norse's up here with their small group, loving one another, caring for one another. We do it when we gather at church. We do it when we're in the community together, love one another. And then we love the lost. It breaks my heart that five out of six people in our county are not in a church. They don't have a church home. And most of those people are not believers, Most of those people don't know the joy of following Jesus. And so we're called as a church to reach out to those people. He's given us a mission to do that. I mean, what an amazing mission. If you know the joy of Jesus, you know the hope of Jesus, we're given that purpose and that mission to share that uh, with others. And so the goals for this fishing trip series, we're calling the series the fishing trip series because we see Jesus going out and fishing for men with his disciples, modeling how you're supposed to go out into the world. And so in this fishing trip series, we want to equip you with, with the love and joy of Jesus so that when you go out in your, on your fishing trips, that you know that you have the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. And then we want to give you a simple gospel outline to follow. The, the bad news, the good news. Uh, and we want you to be able to, to know that, that you, can, you can share that with confidence. That you have authority and strength to be able to share that. That you're not doing it on your own. That you don't have to worry about the results of sharing because those are up to God. And then we want to team up together. We want to team up with our brothers and sisters in Christ to do fishing trips together, to use our giftedness for His glory. And so the point for this morning is that disciples learn the gospel. Disciples learn the gospel. And so we're going to jump in in Mark uh, chapter 1, starting in uh, verse 21. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, and here's what God's Word says. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were also amazed that they asked each other, "What is this? A new teaching and with authority." And he gives spirits, he gives orders to the evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Can you imagine yourself in this scene? Can you imagine sitting under the power and the authority of Jesus. How amazing that was? As he went around and he was healing others and he, as he was preaching the gospel to others, how great it would have been to be under that authority. I mean, you think about the ways that, that he preaches and the ways that he heals and the ways that he encourages people. You can't help but be amazed, right? In fact, in the gospels, doing a quick survey of the gospels, you see some responses to how people responded to Jesus in his teaching. They were amazed, They were astonished. No one was able to answer him a word, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him another question. I love that. They recognized his authority. They weren't going to ask any more questions because his answers were always so spot on. Never has a man spoken the way the man speaks. I mean, The content that he has was was unbelievably reliable, right? Because it was based on his very word. His reasoning is irrefutable, right? Because he's God on earth. His theology was impeccable. His, His authority was compelling. He is an awesome God. Like nobody else ever on earth, he preached with truth and clarity and passion. And he demonstrated an authority. An authority that as followers of Jesus, we have. That in Jesus, we have authority. In Jesus, we can be victorious. In Jesus, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to recognize in the person and work of Jesus. See, Jesus was fully God. And that's important because he needed to come to earth to be able to redeem us. But he was also fully man. That means he's not a faraway God. That means he put on flesh. That means he walked the lives that, that we walk And so he understands the struggles that we go through, the pain, the hurt, the sorrow. He understands all of those things. And he encourages us to follow after him because his work was to seek and save the lost. He came for those who are sick. And guess what? We're all sick. I know you guys don't like to hear that, but we are. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short. We all need Jesus. And that's what he came. He came to seek and to save what was lost. And his first fishing trip that he takes here is, is with the early disciples Peter and, and Andrew and James and, and John. And they go to a synagogue. First couple of verses here. They went to Capernaum when, it was the Sabbath, when, when the Sabbath came. Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. It's really interesting that he chose as his base Capernaum. Capernaum uh, was a very important place. Uh, It was the place where the, the the housed the Roman garrison, and it was actually a more important city than Nazareth was. It was on a very important road of trade. It was a prospering fishing village, and he chose this as his headquarters, as his home base. And as he was rejected in his home city of Nazareth, he he went to Capernaum to to set up base there and to start his fishing trips and to start preaching with his authority and to start reaching out to those that that were in need. And he chose the first place to, to, to reach out to people, to show his fishing trip, to model after people in a synagogue. What an interesting place to start. In Greek, the word synagogue means a place to gather. And that's what Jewish people did in the synagogue. They gathered together so that they could have worship together, kind of like we're gathered together. It was also the place uh, to find instruction on on the Sabbath, and and that's kind of like what we do together. But during the week, it was also a place for all the young Jewish uh, kids to to learn the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. They learned and grew in their faith. They learned how to grow uh, closer to God. The synagogue was also a, a civil meeting place, kind of like a modern courthouse. So if there were cases that needed to be tried or heard or there was disputes that needed to be resolved or there were uh, contracts or, or marriages that, ha- that needed to be conducted, this all happened at the synagogue. This was the place of life in the Jewish culture. This was the place where people uh, went for all kinds of things. So it makes sense. It makes sense that Jesus would start in the synagogue. And he goes to preach to the people there. And it says that the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Isn't that interesting? The teachers of the law, uh, they, would, they would preach in their own power, and their own strength, the religious people. But he preached with, with power, power from the Holy Spirit, and they were amazed. I have to tell you, I was really convicted this week by that word, that word amazed. I stopped to think, how many times am I amazed about Jesus? I think I, I, I think about the things that I enjoy doing and watching sports on TV, and sometimes I can't wait to run to the TV to watch my team play. I'm amazed at the athletes and what they do, and sometimes I don't have that same amazement for Jesus, and it really convicted me because the word that's used here for amazed is the word ekpliso, and it means to blow their socks off. That's what it means, and how many times am I really blown away by Jesus? Now listen, when I stop and think about it, I'm blown away by him and what he does in my life and he does in, in the lives of others. But there's so many times I get caught up in so many things in this life that I don't have that ecpliso. I'm not blown away by Jesus, but I desperately want to, and I want you to, too. So I want you to right now turn around to someone right now and say, ek pliso. Say I say, say, Some of you, some of you, all right, some of you rebellious people. Some of you rebellious people are like, pastor's telling me to do something from stage. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Maybe I'm not even that amazed by Jesus. Maybe God will work on your heart this week. So you'll be saying, Ek please, o, to all kinds of people because you can't help but be amazed by what he has done in your life and what you want him to do in the lives of others. And they were amazed because he had this authority. And if you're a believer in Christ, you have that same authority. He's given that to you through the power of the Spirit. And so you don't have to, to live as someone that's weak and defeated. If you have Christ, you're victorious. If you have Christ, you have that authority. You should be amazed. Because I know that outside of Christ, I, I can't accomplish anything on my own. I need Jesus. I want to have my socks blown off by Jesus. And it's interesting, now it talks about this evil spirit came. I mean, what a surprise, right? Here's Jesus preaching. Here's Jesus preaching with authority. Here's people that are amazed. And here comes the evil one. That's what's going to happen as we're talking this week about learning the gospel and sharing the gospel. We shouldn't be surprised that the evil one rears his ugly head to try to stop us. And here's what happens with the evil spirit. Just as a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? It's an interesting question that he asked. It's actually an, a Hebrew phrase that means mind your own business. That's what it means. He's telling Jesus, mind your own business. And when you're gonna be sharing your faith this week and the weeks to come, you're gonna hear these little whispers from the evil one. Why don't you just mind your own business? I mean, people's faith is their own. I mean, it's a personal thing. Don't share the gospel. I mean, what if they mock you? What if they make fun of you? What if they don't accept? Mind your own business. Mind your own business. Have you come to destroy us? It's it's just a mockery here. He's just mocking Jesus. Do you have to actually have the power and authority? I know who you are, the holy one of God. See, when the evil one whispers those things to us, Jesus gives us a clue about what we should say. Be quiet. Be quiet. You don't have authority in my life. Be quiet. Jesus says, certainly come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. See, we have the authority to help people come to Jesus. And maybe the people in our lives are not, uh, that are not believers in Christ, we don't think of them that are possessed with evil spirits. But the bottom line is they don't know where to find life. They don't know where to find hope, and it should break our hearts, and we should do everything that we can to help them come to know Jesus. And Jesus says, be quiet. I have authority the authority that we can tap into. And it's interesting, though, this evil spirit had better theology than some of the teachers of the law. Do you notice that? They, he, they call him the, the, the Holy One of God. They knew who he was, but they didn't recognize his authority, they didn't trust in him. And so Jesus tells him to be quiet, to come out of him. The authority comes, and the people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. You know what this is right here? This is an appetizer. This is an appetizer of things to come. This is an appetizer. This is a little glimpse of Jesus saying, I have authority over all evil. It's a little glimpse about Jesus coming again. I love appetizers. Anyone here this morning hungry? Anybody hungry? Yeah, All right, Dave, you saw, I saw your hand first. I, I, just, I just thought that someone here would enjoy a tray of appetizers here this morning. So Dave, here you go, buddy. That's what you do for acting first. So there you go. Hope you enjoy. There you go. There you go. See, it's, it's good to have appetizers, right? But it's not the whole meal. I mean, I mean Dave, Dave's going to enjoy that. But it's not the whole meal. It's just a glimpse. It's just a peak of what is actually going to happen. And that's what this scripture is. The scripture is, is a glimpse of Jesus coming again with all authority. He's going to come again. And he's going to restore all things. As followers of Christ, we get to see his authority in action. We, we know that ultimately he's going to be in charge of all things. It reminds me of the, the scripture in, in Judges 21. And I have to tell you, I really love the book of Judges because I find myself doing what the Israelites did. Maybe you can relate to this. You're following after Jesus fully, and then you start counting on yourself, and you start doing things your own way. Kind of forget about Jesus a little bit. Then things start getting bad. And then what I do? Start worshiping Jesus again. And then forget about Jesus. Things start going bad and run back to Jesus again. And uh, sometimes I feel like, man, Gosh, I feel so beat up with, with all that. And then I read the book of Judges, and I'm like, oh, the whole nation of Israel did this over and over and over again. I'm comforted by them being knuckleheads just like I am. And this is what it says in Judges 21. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as he saw fit. What does that sound like? That's a little bit about like the world we live in, isn't it? Not recognizing authority not recognizing kingship, doing everything that we please in our own eyes. But Jesus wins the war. Jesus wins the battle. He has the authority. And look at this scripture in Revelation 20, and we'll come back to this scripture in, in, um, in Judges in a minute. We put the scripture out for Revelation 20. And then the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown And we'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. See, Jesus is going to come again. He's going to restore all things. And that verse in Judges is going to look a lot different because we're going to recognize the kingship of Jesus. Put that verse back up there one more time. When Jesus comes again and restores all things with his authority. In those days, all the followers of Jesus had a king. And we all did things his way. And we're blessed for it. See, the authority that Jesus has, the power that Jesus has, we need to tap into. We need to learn the gospel, and we need to share it and realize that we have authority to do it. If you've been in church for any amount of time, I know you know the Great Commission, but just look at the beginning and the end of this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. Authority has been given to me, therefore go with the authority. And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He sends us out with authority, and he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you strength to be able to do that. And we see that multiple places in Scripture with the power that he gives us. This is so important that you get this, because what's going to happen is you're going to leave from here, and you're going to forget about the power and authority that you have. You need to remember it because it is very, very powerful. Uh, Romans one16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. First the Jew and then the Gentile. And then in Acts 1, 8, there's the same uh, word for power. Acts 1, 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The word in the Greek, the power is the word dunamis and it's the word we get dynamite from. That's the type of power that we have. We have dynamite power in the Holy Spirit. We have dynamite power in Jesus. That's the authority that he's given us to do. That's the authority that he's given us to go out. This week, uh, Mama Nelson is what we call her around here, and that's what she's called at Bozard Ford, too. Uh, she, a member, she joined here several months ago, and she always sits right there in the front row in the first service. And This week, she's working at Bozard Ford, and she leads four people to faith in Christ this week. Can you imagine that? I mean, this, this, woman, this, this woman has the power of the Spirit, and she's not... Say anything, anything special, but that Plesso that is just coming out of her. The amazement of Jesus is just coming out of her. And so she has to share with others. And so people are coming in to buy a car, and they're walking out with Jesus. I mean, what an amazing thing that is. And I'm so thankful for her. That power we all can do. We all can tap into that dunamas, the power of dynamite in our lives. Charles Spurgeon, the famous pastor and theologian, uh, he was late one day to, to preach at his church, and so his grandfather was also a preacher, just stepped in for him uh, for a few minutes, and Charles Spurgeon came running in, and his grandfather said, said this. He said, here comes Charles. He can preach the gospel better than me, but he can never preach a better gospel. I think sometimes we get so worried about sharing our faith that we're not going to do it the right way, that we're going to mess it up. I've had the privilege of sharing the gospel many times, and there's there's been many times where I think, man, I have just messed this up so bad. Uh, The words that I'm saying don't make sense. The scriptures are all jumbled up. There's no way people are going to accept Christ. And when I ask them if they want to, they say yes. And I'm completely amazed by the power of the Spirit Uh, working in and through those that share the gospel. So don't worry about getting everything right. Just have a heart for others that don't have the hope that you have, that don't have the peace that you have, that don't have the joy that you have. Use that brokenheartedness as motivation to share with others. When you look at the New Testament healings that happened, there's 40 uh, people that were healed in the gospels. 34 of those people were brought by friends. Only six came on their own. The rest of them, 34 of them, were brought by other people. It shows the power of community that when people are broken, when people are hurting, they they can't do it on their own often. They need people to help them, to bring them along. And so I want to encourage you this week with the action step. The action step is to read, pray, and share. Okay, what what does that mean? When you uh, walk out, when you get Uh, walk out of here today in a few minutes you're going to get these do you know booklets and what we want you to do this week is we want you to read them we want you to pray through them we want you to share them i'm going to take a few minutes right now and just model that for you jesus modeled uh, sharing the gospel modeled his ministry for his disciples and i want to model it for you on what to do so you're going to read these booklets and so i'm just going to read through this so you get familiar with it on the front it says do you know and then on page three there's uh there's some questions there Do you know for sure that you have eternal life, that you're going to be with God in heaven? If God were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? To have eternal life, we must understand the bad news. The bad news is that we've all sinned against God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are in big trouble. The penalty for sin is eternal death, separating from God and all good things. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The bad news is that we've all sinned against God and are in big trouble. But then there's good news. The good news is Jesus. God became man in the person of Jesus Christ. John 1 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, rose from the grave, and he offers us the free gift of eternal life. Romans 6 says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our part is to believe and receive this gift by faith. John three sixteen For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him sh- shall not perish but have eternal life. Our part is to admit that we're sinners, to believe that Jesus died and rose for us and to commit, trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The free gift, does this make sense to you? Would you like to receive this free gift? And then there's a prayer there for us to go over. And then the back, there's a place for people to mark their, their special day of accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. So this week, I just want you to read that every day. And you saw it. It only took a couple minutes to do that. I want you to read it every day because when you're reading it, you're thinking about the gospel more. And when you're thinking about the gospel more, it's amazing how much God gives you more opportunities to be able to share. Some of you are thinking about those relatives that are coming into town, and probably this week you've said to yourself, man, they need Jesus. Here's your chance. Here's your chance to give them Jesus. So I want you to read it. And then I want you to pray through it. I want you to then take a second time and pray through each page. And think of a person in mind that needs to know the good news. And think about these questions on the first page. Think about how they're going to respond and how you're going to respond to those questions. And then the bad news, that you pray that they would understand the bad news and how bad the bad news is. That they are sinners and sometimes it's hard to tell people bad news. Sometimes they don't want to hear bad news, but that their hearts would be open to it. That they would understand the good news. That the good news is so good because the bad news is so bad. And that you would pray that they they would get that and understand that. And then you pray that they would admit and believe and commit their lives to Christ and that they would accept the free gift of eternal life. I mean, who doesn't like gifts, right? We want to we give the gift and allow them to accept and pray that they would do that. That you would pray a special prayer over people in your life, particular people that you know that need the gospel. So read through it and pray through it and then share. And so I've asked Catrell Gray to come up here and help me with this. I want to just model for you what it's like to share this. Now, she's just going to model this like she's a uh, coworker of mine oh you already have yours man you're prepared you brought you brought your booklet good job good job I know I've been sharing a lot of these uh uh, things about faith with you at work control and and so thank you so much for for taking a little time with me right now my church gave me this booklet and I've just been thinking about you and praying about you I know I care for you and your family and I'd love to be able to explain to you a little bit more about what I believe would that be okay sure okay a little curious about that yeah, yeah. all right so i have a couple questions for you in the fir- first page right there there's a couple questions do you know for sure that you have eternal life that you're going to be with god in heaven i hope okay you hope so? hope so i hope so okay great uh and then the second question is if god were to ask you why should i let you to my heaven what would you say i'm a good person okay i mean i've seen you at work you are a good person yeah. you are a good person Um, And I used to think that, too. I used to have the exact same answers you do, but my answers are a little bit different now. Now my answers are, I know for certain I'm going to heaven because it has nothing to do with me. So can I share with you a little bit more? Sure. The reason why that's important that has nothing to do with me is the next page talks about bad news. None of us like bad news. But would you read what it says here on that first page? Romans three two three twenty three: for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are in big trouble. Yeah, see, you, you know me enough from work to know that I mess up. You know that, I'm, that I fall short. And I'm, and I'm a sinner. And we all are. We all are. And because of that, we're, we're in big trouble. But the next page is a lot better news. Because even though we're all in big trouble, there's a solution uh, to our trouble. So would you uh, read what it says there in the bottom of page seven? Romans six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord yeah you see it says here that Jesus came in flesh and he died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the grave so all the ways that we messed up all the ways that we've fallen short he died for those and rose from the dead and then offers us a free gift of eternal life Hmm. and so our part is on the next page so you turn there see what it says it says we're to receive this free gift by faith and what does it say that we're supposed to do there at the bottom Admit, believe, and commit. That's right. Admit that we're sinners, admit that we messed up, believe in Jesus, and then commit our lives. Does, does that make sense to you? It does. So would you yeah. like to receive that free gift? Of course, I would. Awesome. Way to go. Control, good job. Y'all give it up for Patrell. Thank you. Now, I can already feel some of you, you skeptics. You're thinking, there's no way it's going to go anything like that. You don't know my coworkers. You don't know my friends, my neighbors. That, yeah, that, that, that's true. That's true. It's probably not going to go like that. And they might ask a bunch of different questions, and they may not be ready. to. But, but I want you to know that, that you have authority. You have authority through the power of the Spirit, and He's going to go before you. He's already working the lives of those to share, and you just have to be willing to share. See, the, the results are not up to us. They're up to the, the Holy Spirit working in people's lives. We just have to be willing to share. And so I ask you this week if you would just read it. Read that booklet and, and pray through it and look for opportunities to share. I, I know that it's scary, but I want you to think about all the ways that God has worked in your life. All the ways that Jesus has worked in your lives and the lives of those around you. I want you to think about how amazed you are when you stop and think about once you were sinners and now you've been made righteous because of what Jesus has done. And I want you to think about people in your lives that that don't know where to find that hope, that don't know where to find that joy. And I want you to feel a little bit heartbroken. And when you feel a little bit heartbroken, I want you to be motivated to share the gospel, not because you're trying to, to do it just because I asked you to do it, not because you're trying to be able to brag the people that you led to pay people to faith in Christ. You're doing it because you love people. You love Jesus, you love one another and you love the lost, and you want to see them have the hope that you have. So this week I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be praying that you have the authority of Jesus to go out, to those that are around you that desperately need the gospel. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for what you've done in our lives, that you have given us great authority as brothers and sisters in Christ, as followers of you. You are the one that's holy, holy, holy. And because of what you have done, we can be victorious. We don't have to be timid. We don't have to be scared. Lord, you've given us authority even us the authority to reach those that are far away from you. Lord, help us. Help us this week to be amazed by you. To be amazed by you and just have that flow out of us, that amazement of what you've done for us, so that people can know you, the living God. In Jesus name. Amen. amen. You guys stand stands, we leave singing. And sing a